1: everyone uh it's andy richter uh i am coming to you uh from rainy los angeles today and uh it's the three questions you probably figured that out i don't think people stumble out along this upon this podcast unknowingly uh but i am talking to one of my oldest dearest friends uh very talented multi-talented she can do a lot of shit that i i mean that a lot of people can't do Uh, Kate Flannery. Hi, Kate. Andy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm exhausted,
2: but I'm good. Good Yeah, you were just
1: on the road, right? I was. Spreading Christmas cheer with Jane Lynch, right?
2: Yeah, we just did 12 shows in 10 cities over uh, 13 days. It was a lot. A lot of driving. Yeah, yeah. We flew a lot at first and then drove a lot. So once you're over 50, you know...
1: Whoa! That's all I'm going to Well, yeah, I mean in between the Tonight Show and uh the TBS show, we did a like a tour with the Conan oh, yeah. people. We did a tour.
3: Yeah.
1: I just felt like if I did this, I would just be addicted to everything. Like if right. I had to go from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room and you know, and waking up in the middle of the night and not knowing where the bathroom is. Yes, you know, like, yes. Because you're in a different hotel room. Yes. It's like, where's the fucking bathroom? I have to pee.
2: Yeah, and forgetting what room you're in because it's yeah. just like a less than 24-hour situation. You're like, okay,
1: yeah, all right. Yeah.
2: Just don't poop on the bus.
1: woo <laughs> <laughs> Well, how did the shows go?
2: They were great, really great. Yeah, yeah. we ended in Philadelphia, which was awesome because it's my hometown. And I like, literally my seventh grade teacher came to the show.
1: Oh that's Which great. Was so great. Yeah, it was great. That's great.
2: great. Yeah, and some neighbors and we we did a little show for my dad on this on the curb cuz he's 97, he's going to be 98 next week and he was a little sick so he just stayed in the car and the band came to him and
1: Oh that that's it was, great.
2: It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um what
1: uh how was the COVID situation touring? I mean, did you have like vaccination demands?
2: Well, yeah, and- we we demand, it. and then unfortunately, two people in our group got it right before we started tour. But luckily, it was the ten like it was past the ten days. But it's just nerve wracking.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, and and they were boosted. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, or they weren't boosted. They were they had their two shots. They didn't have the third. But still, right. it's like ooh. It's,
1: no, I know. Yeah, no, yeah. I I'm it's I'm now hearing about a bunch of different people getting breakthroughs you know like my niece my niece Mm. got got it and she's you know she's 17 but uh but yeah she's fully vaccinated and is very careful but just somehow got it somewhere along the way
2: it's just i'm literally like eating underneath my mask when i'm with other people like i've become that person but i I can't help it i just i just you can make fun of me all you want but yeah uh, no tongue please no tongue. I love you. I love you back. Does this swear. happen a
1: lot to you? you must, well, you know, I'm but... on
2: the road a lot, Andy. I don't mean to brag. But... Yeah,
1: and you were you were a hell's angel for all those years, <laughs> you know. And that's how they greet each other. <laughs> now, uh, you and I, and I tell this to people. Uh, you know, when I'm name dropping. Uh, um, You and I, it wasn't your first, because we talked about it, but my first improv class, I sat next to you.
2: Right, Uh, right. And I think even,
1: I don't know if it was the first one, but it was within some of the early ones, I actually looked over your shoulder as you wrote in your journal. (laughs) Um,
2: I love that you waited so long to tell me this story. I have to say, thank God I've had some therapy, and I'm like... He, I was nuts at the time. You were right to look over. I was writing some <laughs> really crazy crap.
1: I honestly don't remember what the particulars were, but. It was it, about I, some
2: guy I had no business dating. And I was like, <laughs> I love you. I hate you. Like literally in the same
1: sentence. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, what we were probably, what would that have been? Like, like 20, like,
2: 20 Oh God, 1989. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, I Something can't like even, that. I can't even. Yeah, I was yeah. such a stupid, I was, yeah, I'm a, I'm a couple years older than you, but I'm also a couple years younger than you, if you know what I'm saying, emotionally. <laughs> I was like,
1: I had a lot of catching up to do. No, I, it was I just one of open, those, yeah. mo- it was one of those moments where it's like, I feel bad, but I mean, come on, there's a journal open right there right. and she's writing, yeah, she's not doing a very good job of, with security here, so, <laughs> um. But yeah, we were in that first class together. And so like, you're like one of the.
2: You and Tommy. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Tommy Blatcha, who is a friend of mine who tagged along, uh, who was a writer on Conan and is now writing. He he works in animation a lot these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that was you. you, But you had already started. You were in Second City, right? And
2: I was supposed to be in Brian Stacks class two months before, but I decided to stay and save a little more money so i i stayed in philly a little bit longer I so oh i see yeah but yeah so uh, the first person i ever met was was brian stack at uh, my first audition and we had, we ended up hanging out that weekend because i was my aunt gave me a ticket to check out second city she lived in chicago i just graduated from college and she thought it'd be a good fit totally changed my life totally changed yeah my life. Yeah. yeah yeah she was kind of like well, auntie mame Yeah, i could curse in front of her and she she was like a world traveler and had a great sense of humor and yeah. yeah,
1: I had an aunt like that. Yeah. My aunt Pat was like that, yeah. Thank God. Well, now, you mentioned it. You're originally from Philly. Yeah. Uh, you're from one of those ridiculous Irish broods, 7,000 yeah, children. Yeah,
2: seven kids. My dad owned a bar, Flannery's Tavern, that my grandfather started in 1933. So we're Democrats because FDR made an honest man out of my grandfather. I've heard that story forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what but do you like mean? A, because, because, oh, oh he, because I, see, I see, I yeah. see. Yeah. So he's, oh, okay, that's good.
2: I mean, I am, like, if you can't type stereotype, I am the stereotypical Irish Catholic. Like, you cannot, you know. I right. Mean, it's all. And also I'm,
1: tavern, a tavern family. That's a very unique family. Yes, because yes, yes. You see a lot.
2: Yes, and my dad owned the, the rooms above the bar, so he was really, a, like, a pillar to a certain community. I mean, he took care of these guys that lived upstairs. If they could not work out the rent, he would let them work it off. So we always had a lot of alcoholics like putting up a shelf or painting, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there was a guy that broke into my dad's station wagon. My dad found him. My dad gave him a job and a place to live for the next 35 years. Wow. No joke. Yeah. He wow. was a little shell shock from World War II. You put a potato peeler in hand in his hand, and if you if finished all the potatoes, you'd have to sort of like wrestle it out of him like, there's no more potatoes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Yeah, it was. There were some real characters, real characters there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's they, nice
1: yeah. that he was, you know, that he was kind, you know, and yeah, and, you know. No, he was. A, he the, was a
2: friend of the forgotten man. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah that's he was, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah,
2: he's good. Good man, good heart, kind a great sense of humor and a real love for these guys. Like really cared about them. I can remember being at funerals where there'd be, you know, we'd be at a funeral for one of these guys, and there'd be like maybe one kid, like one daughter or one nephew. And then nobody else showed up. It was just be us. Yeah, it was like some of these guys had some dark stories, but you know,
1: I don't know. So, was your what? I mean, you kind of joked about it, but what did your dad have? Like a lot of PTSD from the war. He
2: did. Yeah, my dad was in World War II and he was a prisoner of war for over a year. He drank oh, wow. a lot. He drank a lot when he first got back, and then he said he watched uh, Days of Wine and Roses, which is a movie with Jack Lemmon about uh, sobriety, and that movie scared the shit out of him. So he got sober after that. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of got and really
1: clear. You know. He got sober while working at a tavern, I imagine. Yeah. Was that a struggle? I mean, did yeah. he, yeah, yeah did he guys slip wanted to buy, a lot? Yeah,
2: they wanted to buy, yeah, he slipped from time to time. He wasn't really, he wasn't, he didn't do AA, but he he was, he would go to mass every morning, like first thing. He'd get it out of the way, like first thing. And if there was a snowstorm and, and the mass was canceled, he'd go to the first thing that was available, which would probably be a, a, like a funeral. He'd go to a lot of funerals of people he didn't know. So it's just like a thing he did.
1: Oh, and so that was what he just went to church. And yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Wow. And what yeah. was your mom like? What
2: um uh... My mom um my mom was uh um the daughter of a an eye doctor, and um I don't think she expected to have seven kids. Um so she definitely believed in the um communist party in the sense that the kids as they got older would take over the duties. Yes, <laughs> she would just no, be I think... also like, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, you're, that's you're old a. Enough to yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Oh, you're six years yeah. old, you're old enough to pick up a baby. You can pick up the weight of a baby. Okay, you're picking up the baby. It was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Literally.
1: <laughs> yeah. As soon as you're out of diapers, you're learning to change diapers, exactly, somebody else's diaper. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Pit yeah, I, I think baby. That, that
1: that's, yeah. well, you know what? Honestly, that's probably the natural order. Oh, it's
2: the only way it would work, right? Yeah, I mean-, I mean She would be dead. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. yeah. But
1: I mean, even a bus is like, you know, just primates. That's probably, you yes. know, that has to be the order where you Absolutely. just become this- ape troop and you need to get the numbers up and Absolutely. everybody's got to pitch in yeah
2: right so i so my oldest sister she never had kids because she said i feel like i already raised six kids why do i want my own i'm done
1: yeah yeah whoa yeah wow yeah she was and like 13, what's the 14. age span between her and the youngest
2: um 13 and a half years
1: wow so, yeah, yeah 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 that's a long a that's a l- that's many years for your mom to be pregnant through yes for sure for a sure. lot of being pregnant yeah. well i mean was there just was birth control? Was it a Catholic thing, or did I think it, it was a Catholic kinda, thing. I yeah, think it was yeah, a Catholic
2: thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It seems
2: rhythm, it, rhythm, my ass. Right,
1: I, I know, <laughs> I know, I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. Does God really? Is he really that upset about condoms? Or you know, <laughs> it's like, does God really get that upset about it? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Now, did did you live close to the tavern?
2: We did not, not that close, no. Um, oh, okay. No, you no. Know, um, and then when I was seven, we sort of moved into my mom's dream home. So we were like in this colonial house in the suburbs of Philadelphia, which was great. It was, uh you know, it was, um we had a, you know, I mean, I I felt like uh, I had enough space to think, you know, we were a little cramped before. I think there were literally four right. of us in one bedroom for a few years, oh, which is wow. kind of nuts. Yeah. And then we had like room and there was only be two in a room, except for my brother. Yeah. He got his own room. Yeah. Six girls and a boy. Yeah,
1: what was yeah. it? I mean, were you expected to work at the family business, or was that kind of like separate? And that was, yeah. You
2: know what my brother did. My my yeah. dad was a little sexist. He's like, he, my my sister Eileen waited tables there very briefly, but only because she didn't have a job. And he's like, okay, if you haven't found anything, but then then I'm going to let you work there. But otherwise, it, he just wanted you know my just another women. You know, it was right, a rough right. neighborhood too. My dad's bar became a rough neighborhood, so. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't totally sexist on his part. It was sort of like, well, you're kind of, it was a train, but like literally one of the guys would have to meet you from the train because even walking a block was a little sketchy.
3: Oh, wow. You know,
2: Germantown in Philadelphia, nice town. There's a, there's a, um, in Better Call Saul, there's a scene that, um, Mike has in, and he's in nice town, Philadelphia. And that was, that was right in my dad's bar. It was like, It's a tough neighborhood,
1: yeah. Oh wow!
2: Yeah, it had changed a lot, and since the '60s, and my dad was like the last holdout, you know. So he got broken into a lot, and you know he got held up a lot. Like he used to use, he used to take the front of the cigarette machine off because if they were going to break in, just don't break it. Same thing with the jukebox and the uh, (laughs)
1: like. That was part of closing was to open up the cigarette machine. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's great.
2: Yeah. Crazy. I mean, not
1: great, but yeah. You know. but it was
2: very, my dad had a very, he was, he was, he was a, a man of ritual and if he would make the, okay, that works. Okay. All right. I, I don't want that. You know, his brain worked a very specific way.
1: Yeah. Now did the, did the tavern close when he retired or was it sold or he sold nobody it wanted t- to?
2: My brother wanted to, to take it over. And my, my dad said, no, I, I think you should move. So my brother ended up buying his own and then my dad sold it his a year later and then ended up working for my brother for 15 years, kind of, a semi-retires. He, my dad would just work five days a week, uh, you know, during the for, for lunches, right? And, uh, which was great. So then, my dad worked till he was 87, and uh, my dad's 97 now. So he's only not worked for 10 years because my brother sold the bar 10 oh years my ago. God. I know it's crazy. The plan was to drop dead behind the bar, Andy. That's what he said. <laughs> that's the plan. What am I doing here?
1: Well, that's what he gets for getting sober. <laughs> If he, yeah, if he kept boozing it up, he would have. Yeah, he wouldn't be wasting everyone's time now (laughs) with Christmas cards and visits. (laughs) So true. (laughs) he
2: would be too busy. Yeah.
1: Is uh, and and what about your mom? Is your mom still around? My mom
2: died nine years ago. Um, She had emphysema. She was a big smoker. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but she. I mean, she was tough. She she lived till she was eighty five. She was sick for like thirteen years. I mean, in my book, she was kind of like. The Terminator, like, wow! I can't believe she she lasted as long as she did. She right,
1: just, you know. Yeah, that's one of those things where if you're gonna be a heavy smoker, living to eighty five is kind of like <laughs> you're you yeah. you did it. You she won. Just won. You she won. won. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. She got a lifetime of smoking cigarettes. And, you she know, did for and a sure. Pretty healthy yeah. Long Cra- life. yeah, yeah. I mean, she
2: was on oxygen for like probably the last seven years, which was you know a total buzzkill. You know, right. Like, total buzz kill. <laughs> but, but my grandfather, who was an eye doctor, he got emphysema in, in his 80s. And I remember he had the big oxygen tank. This was like in like, I think 1969 or 70. Sure, I, I remember. And he would smoke on the porch and then come in and get oxygen. My mother at least gave up the smoking. <laughs> Jeez.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, that, that one. I mean, everybody has a relative with like, you know, David Sedaris has the famous story oh. about his mom going to the hospital, like to basically to for the end. And she goes. Oh wait, I forgot something. And he knows that she went back in and had one more cigarette before oh she.
3: My God.
1: It's it's just it's the craziest. I mean, I you know I'm an ex smoker, so it's like it is. It's it's crazy what you go through for this true. silly, silly habit that doesn't. You know, it's like you know, drinking gets you drunk, smoking right. weed gets you high. Uh, eating makes you full, you know, like you need liquid and food, but it's right. just, there's this, you know, little tubes of, of dried leaves that you don't really get anything. Out. I mean, you get, you know, <laughs> there's a I guess, fix. There's a yeah, fix, yeah, there's a, the there nicotine, is a fix, but it's a
2: fix, yeah. but it's
1: not, it's not such a, you know, it's not like an altering kind of thing. Like other, other drugs are. Right. You right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really a unique addiction
2: it, absolutely you know what's so interesting my mom asked for a drink on her deathbed like little she knew she was dying and they're like what do you want she's like i want a bloody mary so we were wow. like oh my god we ran out and got like a, and my you know my sister susie who doesn't drink went to a bar and asked for a, a drink to go i'm like what are you doing you don't ask for a drink to go
1: it doesn't work you just in buy it and you run just, out like,
2: i say you're going to the bathroom and like what? what are you preaching? yeah yeah, yeah I don't know, put crazy. it in your
1: coat sleeve yeah <laughs>
2: We went to like yeah so but yeah and she enjoyed it. My dad said she was uh, like licking the ice.
1: She loved it so much. She finished it. She was she really oh, enjoyed it. Oh that's great. So, yeah that's great. <laughs> well was it hard to get attention in the house that with all those kids? Where and Absolutely. where are you in the line?
2: I'm the, I'm the youngest, but I'm I'm a twin. My sister Susie and I. Oh, we're, right. not, I we're not identical. Um, and she's a social worker, so I'm totally the evil twin. But she's great. You know, <laughs> she's the best. And she's been taking care of my dad for years. She's yeah, not, yeah. She's actually way funnier than I am. And you know she deals with these psychiatric outpatients and um you know she'll say someone that had a, a an episode and at her expense and she'll say another satisfied customer <laughs> like
1: she's a riot she's the best <laughs> now well that's funny too because it's like not only are you in a house full of kids you don't even get to be your own birth spot.
2: No, I know, I know. You have to right? share
1: a birth spot, yeah.
2: It's true, it's true. So I'm an ensemble player, Andy. That's how I'm, it goes. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's kind of my thing, you know? Yeah,
1: you're, <laughs> it's all yes and.
2: It's true, um, it's, it's easier, I'm more comfortable, you know, at least next to one other person, you know.
1: Do you find, do you think having a twin, like, is there like a special bond that you guys have?
2: There is, beyond there every is.
1: O- Yeah, Even though
2: we it was adversarial for a while, uh, for a long time, um, just because we were different and. Um, she would just make fun of me because I was um, you know, like I because I wanted to wear makeup. I want to be in show business since I was, you know, probably eight. Yeah. And that annoyed the crap out of her. So, you know,
1: whatever. Right, right, right. And Social like singing, workers. I know, and play yeah. the piano. What are sing? you humble? Wanna help other people? <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to stand in a dark room in front of the only light and have everyone look at you. You don't want that.
2: <laughs> right oh,
1: come on my
2: god Ugh. yeah well, thinking... t- d-
1: was anybody i mean was there anybody was your family like anybody else like to perform or no you know? i mean
2: you no, know, no i mean my dad sometimes would sing with me at the piano and that was always fun yeah um, but uh you know and i have one other sister to play the piano my sister nancy but it was different she was more like classical music and like by the book and i was like dot, 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 dot. you know i was yeah 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 you know i had a different a, a different vibe all around around it yeah
1: and were were your folks uh, amenable to your your showbiz desires? Were they sort of really, supportive?
2: My mom did not want me to be a kid actor, and I really wanted to be. And I at the time, I found it super frustrating. And the older I get and the more former child stars I meet, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I mean, I actually got to tell my mom on her deathbed, like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, I yeah. Because uh, you were
1: pushing – you wanted to do, like, local – yeah theater or Local you know, theater yeah.
2: i won audition for the touring company of annie when it first came out and uh i um beg 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 i actually had an audition for the tv show zoom but she wouldn't let me go because it was in boston and you had to live in boston i was like i could live with my piano teacher sister i'm like I'm, i was nuts you know right, was, right, right. Gonna happen. You know, i had to call all the people at zoom and tell them i couldn't you know, keep the appointment which i would cry you know i like think i was in fifth grade or something you know, wow. crazy no
1: zoom, zoom was a big deal zoom was like it
2: was yeah
1: that was like that seemed like the cool kids you know totally
2: yeah, yeah. and where are they now
1: um you know what actually you can find out i yes, actually there's watched an article about it yeah. yeah articles and youtube videos and all kinds of stuff yeah
2: see this is one of the reasons why i i really think of myself as a late bloomer even though i like i've been perpetually at this for a long time because i just think Getting fame a little bit later is the biggest gift you can ask for because you're never compared to your younger self. Yep. You know, I'm, I mean, between 40 and 60, I'm not going to change that as much as I would from 20 to 40. So you're not no. under that micro, microscope. And I didn't get that much makeup on the office. Let's be honest. So I, I'm happy to be out in the real world and people go, hey, even if I look the same, you're like, I'm, uh, th- I'm that's a win. That's a win for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I think too, and I, I you know, I don't talk... You and I are both in the same, uh, you were character actors. We're mostly comedic character actors. And the longevity that that will have is, you know, I mean, you and I can play old farts until we're in the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: you're not going to grow out of your category. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you meet people out here. You come across people that are like, oh, that guy came out here to be an actor and now he's you know selling real estate or whatever yeah because he lost his hair like there's so many guys like you lose your hair or something and then either you have to and i've and i've known guys who while they were losing their hair didn't work much and then when it was all out now they can be a bald guy you know like now they can get whole all different kinds of 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 parts yeah, if,
2: they, if they can be an acceptance too and some yeah. people can't they had this specific, very specific dream and you know and there's some people occasionally i'll see with a weird system on their head they pay yeah, on yeah, money on yeah. 24 god bless yeah i don't know yeah i
1: was i was just at a christmas party standing around with a bunch of actors and this the subject of like weird hair <laughs> you know hair processes came up and as i'm talking i realized there i think it was maybe six people i was like I think three of these people have one of those, so <laughs> I'm going. I'm not going to like chime up with my normal sort of bitchiness. Right? I'm going to no. just kind of be like, "No, it's an understandable thing. Why you would want to, have, oh, you know?"
2: I know. Just I hairs know.
1: jammed into your skull with a du- with a needle, but
2: between that and the male Botox, you know, it's real yes. for some of these guys. I, uh, you know,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, it's it's a strange thing. I mean, I can't. I, luckily, I don't have to. No. I don't have to worry about it. like, yeah. I don't like I've never traded on my beauty, so I don't have to worry right. about it. If you I started,
2: mean, I might have a conversation with you. And I, you know, and I don't like to, I'm not, I mean, I'm gonna let it To butt in, to right, right.
1: Um, yeah. And I'd rather spend that money on something else other than work on my fucking head. Um, at least the, ex- the exterior of my head. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's a strange business and I'm just, there's part, I'm really am. Like, you know, everybody wants to be handsome and beautiful and, and, you know, fawned over and... Uh, but then ultimately, when you get to a, a grown-up part and you're like, oh, God, that's a lot of fucking work. Oh, yeah. It's
2: and so temporary. And it has temporary. a shelf life. Oh, so temporary. And this,
1: the back end of that Ooh. is not pleasant, you know, yeah. if that's what you're trading on your whole life.
2: Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's. Be- I don't ever want to walk in a room and disappoint people by the way I look. You know, I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather that's why I always picked crappier pictures of myself, like, in the business. I always did. I never picked a particularly nice picture of myself. Really? Um, yeah. My headshots were always like, eh. I always kind of look better than my headshot because I, I, it was, it was a weird thing where I just didn't want to disappoint anybody walking in the room. Yeah. The people yeah. Have these glam shots and it's, it's
1: weird. Yeah, yeah. You don't look like this. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I mean, I'm yeah, gonna, it's,
1: yeah. it's, I'm the same. I don't, I can't even stand looking at myself my entire <laughs> career. I've had somebody else pick the pictures. Right. You know? Right. When you do something and they give you, you know, like a, whether it's a press thing or a, or, you know, the photographer on set is they give you a a, a sheet of, of thumbnails, right, you know, right. a, a proof, proof sheet. sheet so yeah. you can cross through ones that you don't think you look good at. And I'm like, I would I would tear this sheet to ribbons if I was if I was going to pick like I don't want to I don't want a bad picture of me out there. I'd be like, Ooh. no, no, I, it's fine. Well, you know? Whatever.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know it's just it's one of the rings of hell, though, like looking at myself
1: for any length of time. Yeah. Do I gotta? Do I have to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do, I mean, uh, do you start? Where do you start acting then? In school and in, in high school? Yeah, and, yeah. Actually, yeah. in
2: high school, I did. Um, I uh, I did high school plays, and then when I was 15, I actually sang in a club. I I kind of like started a little act. Like I was in some variety show that my one of my sisters worked with somebody that was putting something together, and he was he wasn't a Catskills uh, comic. He was from Philadelphia, so he was a Poconos. Sure. <laughs> which is like. Almost not the same. I mean, wants to be like a wannabe sort of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it went oddly enough. I was 15. And I was in that show and I was telling jokes in between my songs. Like I didn't even know what I was going to say, but it just kind of, I was like, Oh, I got to fill this time. And I still have a cassette tape of it. And I was, you know, um still like belting. Like I was uh, still so pick me for any. I'm still young enough. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I remember there was a writer who, um, a woman who was a stand up who became a writer on Sex in the City, Judy Toll. She grew up right near me and she was a couple years older than me. And I remember I ran into her the next day. I was so hard on myself because I think one of the songs I cracked a note, I'd never performed like as myself. I'm like, I was so hard on myself. And she's like, this is the process. You got to be, take it easy on yourself.
1: How old are you when this I was
2: 15. Oh, I was yeah. 15, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just didn't get it. I thought like, if you're not perfect right away, don't do it. It's like, no, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, so so it was great to see her, and I I I had yet to see her, but I actually am really good friends with an old friend of hers who's married, who was on, um, it's Monica uh, Horan Rosenthal, who was married to, uh, she, she's married to Phil Rosenthal. She was on oh. Everybody Loves and She was really good. They were actually writing partners later. It's just such a small world that we, right and yeah, and Monica and I should have met a million times because I knew the guy she went to the senior prom with. We went to different high schools, but I, I saw a production that she was in when I was in eighth grade of Godspell. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Life is so yeah. weird. But I just well, never, yeah.
1: Just. I, I was, I I mean, just in small moments, because another weird moment that I had with you was I was sitting next to you and uh, we were both in L.A. kind of like after everyone else had cleared out. Yep. And my, I don't, we might have been engaged at that time. My then fiance. Yeah, yeah. Was you up and in San Francisco and you were going to Jeff Gar a Jeff Garland pilot taping where he played a cop. Oh, God. And right. he he played like some kind of beat cop. And you and, and I don't, I think you just said like, hey, you know, because we didn't know anybody else in town right, at right, that point. Everyone right. else was gone. Yeah. So you said, hey, want to go to this taping? I said, sure. And we sat in, in front of Bob Odenkirk oh God, and mean, uh, so Carol Leifer. They right. were they and they weren't there together. They just happened to sit next to each other. Oh my God. And I got to eavesdrop on Bob talking about Conan O'Brien, who had just gotten the job right. like two days before. And I just oh got God. to sit there and eavesdrop about, oh, that's the guy that's going to be replacing Letterman. And then like three or four days later, I'm sitting in Junior stelly with him. So it's like
2: well, and it was I remember all... being at Bob Odenkirk's party when you guys first met. You
1: and Conan first but met. But we didn't meet at that party. Or you didn't meet at that party. We were just at, you're, that, you're party just at that party together. We never figured met it out. And we you never met. met. Oh
2: my god. We were at That's yeah. So you, crazy. I went
1: with you to yes. a party because Bob Odenkirk, uh, his girlfriend at the time <gasps> was Claire. I had been on a, Claire, 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 I'd been yes. at a on an improv team with her.
2: She was going to take over my apartment in Chicago when I left, and it didn't work out. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I was in touch with her. Uh,
1: so you, so yeah. Crazy. So you're like, Hey, uh, Bob Odenkirk's having a party. I went with you and there's like 20 people there and Conan was one of them. And I just, and we figured it out years later. Like, Oh, oh yeah, God. I was at that party. Yeah. That's
2: so crazy. You know, I figured out the very first time I ever went to second city, I saw Jane Lynch on stage because she was understudying for Bonnie Hunt who got married that day, who came back to do the improv set in her wedding dress <laughs> with like people from the part, Like, so, and all the people that were at the wedding that weren't in the show, their understudies were like, shit, like now I can't do the improv set. So like Mike Myers came back and, and bought, like, it was just
1: nuts. They came from the wedding? They came from the wedding. She, and she
2: did, she did a bunch of scenes in a wedding gown. They did, I can't remember the setups, but they were hilarious. Like she was waiting for a first date in a wedding gown. It was
1: Right, right. It
2: was just, you know, classic, yeah, classic.
1: I, yeah. I mean, on one hand, yeah, that's a good bit. Like, hey, I just got married. I got this wedding gown on. I bet if I went over there. And it, it is a good bit, but it's also kind of like, um, this might be evidence of uh, an overweening need for attention. I know. Like literally being I the know. bride, a bride at a wedding, and that's not enough.
2: I know,
3: you right? Know? <laughs>
1: oh, my God. I, <laughs> like the pinnacle I, of attention that you could ever get. I, unbel- and, of course, I mentioned this when I was on
2: Bunny Hunt's talk show. I was like, oh, I was there the day everybody. She's like, we're not married anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit.
1: It happens. There yeah. you go.
2: Well, what a shock.
3: What yeah. a shock. Yeah. Right?
1: In
0: this world, right. <laughs> Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
1: Can't you tell my love's a growing? Well, now, uh, do you study college in college? Oh, actually,
2: my senior year of high school, I was in a dinner theater show. My mom let me be in Bye Bye Birdie, eight shows a week, (sighs) Riverfront Dinner Theater. I felt like a child star because I got to leave on Wednesdays after fourth period because I had a matinee which is kind of crazy. And then wow. I started, yeah, which was fun. It was, and that's, I mean,
1: a, I mean you're probably making a, a decent living. It you know, it's okay. I, yeah, mean, I, mean, I that's mean, it's probably yeah. a decent for a kid part-time it, job. Yeah,
2: it was, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. It Better than just, the
1: grocery store. Well,
2: that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And and learning sort of the idea of like doing a show over and over again. That was like a whole thing that had never existed in my mind or, Heart, I was like, "Oh, I think I could do this." It was, it was right. kind of fun, you know. Yeah, and they gave me a song that was in the movie because my character Ursula didn't have a song, so they gave me the theme by Bye Birdie when that Anne Margaret sang. So I felt like I had a moment. You know, I didn't, it was, it was totally worth it. Oh, you totally got to sing it. the
1: Ann margaret I did, Bye Bye the Bye Bye Break, because oh, that song's fun. not in
2: the this, in this actual show. So it was, yeah, so I, I you know, I got, I got decent reviews and, and then I, I my, one of my best friends was a, a year older than me and he went to a conservatory in Virginia, Shenandoah. And so I remember going down and like auditioning, they gave me a partial scholarship and I had such a great time because I met all of his friends, but it was a total culture shock in Winchester, Virginia, let me tell you. Yeah. There was a lot of born agains and uh a lot of closet gays. I mean, this was a tough time like 1982, 83, 84. It was like a lot of these guys were they couldn't be who they were. It was it was yeah. a tough time to be in the middle of nowhere. I did learn a lot though, and I studied voice and actually everything I studied in the voice stuff I use when I sing with Jane because she demands that we do these really hard harmonies and these really intense uh uh, arrangements And I, it's all kind of come back. So I'm, I'm happy I had that. But I, I realized and, and musical theater, nobody had a real sense of humor. And they were getting rid of the funny women in uh, musicals in the 80s. Andrew Lloyd Webber did not care for the funny woman thing. Like, it was really mm-hmm. big in the 50s and 60s and a little bit in the 70s. But there was no, like, you know, the genre was definitely, uh, like, disappearing. And I thought, I don't want to invest all in musical theater if I can't be funny. Because that's no fun, mm-hmm. you know.
1: And it was that like was that brought to your attention or was that kind like, like of like that sort of industry noticed. trend or you know
2: yeah I think it's just something I noticed because we used to you know kind of gravitate toward these albums every year and then you're like there'd always be some fun song something comedic and you're like oh wait you know, this is I hate this stuff I, yeah I'm not a big angel or whatever sorry God bless but it's not my thing uh, you <laughs> know so yeah and then I transferred to University of Arts in Philadelphia and uh, I had a, I I had an int- I, I just. I definitely didn't feel like I was, you know, the focus. I didn't feel like I had a lot of attention on me. I felt like it was, it was a little bit grunt, grunt work because it was, there, there wasn't as much many flashy shows. We only had a couple and, but it was sort of like, it kind of taught me, like, if you really want to do this, it's got to be about really wanting to do it. Not about the weird applause and stuff. It's got to be about this, like how the journey makes you feel inside. So I feel right. like I kind of grew up in that way. And one of my teachers was Camille Paglia, who was oh. a famous anti-feminine, well, whatever, post-feminist,
1: anti-feminist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Right.
2: And uh, she was actually a great teacher. I had her uh, every semester for either Shakespearean literature or um, uh, art history. She was a great teacher. Um, She, she wasn't as controversial or as um, like game playing until until after she published her her books. But at the time, I remember she kicked some guy out of our class because he was eating a banana. That's a phallic symbol. Get that. She was, she flipped out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) would a peach been about all been I, I all right so. i mean i what, think yeah. so i think uh. so
2: pomegranates i don't know yeah, yeah. What's, what's more oh. vaginal I don't know. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this halved papaya is that all right <laughs> professor
2: she was nuts but uh, yeah anyway so I and, I and i waited tables when i was in college as well and uh again that was another thing was like if you want to do something you got to figure out you know you gotta it was something to me to like learn in the future you know there's kind of no time to just rest and sort of just do one thing be a, be able to do more than one thing at the same time and if you really want something.
1: Yeah. And when you came back uh to Philly were did you live back at home or did, I did. you I did. Yeah. I did live at
2: home. Yeah. It was, it was, was that little,
1: hard? I mean
2: Yeah, I mean I was so busy. I was barely there. Yeah.
1: I really have to
2: say because I worked th- I worked three shifts a week at a restaurant and uh, but yeah, and and was like just so busy. It, but yeah, I mean, it was in one sense, but uh, but I I definitely made the best of it, and I yeah. loved being in the city, and I had seen the movie Fame. Philadelphia was no New York, but I was a little too young for New York in my day. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you, need, you need
1: yeah, New York is it, you need a starter city for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I, we were close enough. I could go up and like sometimes I auditioned for stuff, and I didn't I didn't really get anything, you know, for a long time. I, again, like, I feel like second city was the, like my aunt sort of brought that to my attention when I was graduating and I I had auditioned for everything in Philadelphia. And I, I, so I feel like I didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like Philadelphia really wanted or needed me at the time. It was fine. (laughs) I was happy to be on my way. And when I got to Chicago, I was like, Oh my God, it just felt like anything I wanted to do was possible. Yeah, It really did. And the Annoyance Theater was such a great time. I remember Susan Messing's father was, uh, he was dying. And so they asked me to understudy for her for that darn Antichrist. I had one day to learn the part and the show had just opened, and uh I just remember like that was my in at the annoyance and yeah, yeah, it was just, and then I just did show after show, and uh I was still doing improv Olympic too, and had just finished a second city the training center, um,
1: yeah, for yeah. people these are all improv uh concerns uh in Chicago that we both were involved in, although i never I never did second city you didn't um yeah, yeah at smart. the time, at the time, it just was kind of like. It wasn't I mean, I'm not gonna name names, but it was like under not that great of management I know. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it and so they weren't doing particularly interesting work and it seemed like no you had to take a million classes yeah, before you, you got two, on stage. Two, years. two yeah.
2: years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. And, and also, that just seemed silly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, you know, I actually got hired in the touring company um and I remember feeling like it was great to get the job. But the job itself was not what I expected. We were doing a lot of really old sketches. It was before yeah. it was before a few people came in and went, what are we doing? Like, right. it, it really wasn't busted wide open like it should have been.
1: Yeah, so we yeah. were doing
2: really old stuff from like the 60s and, you know. Yeah, the
1: whole place kind of was resting on its laurels at yeah. that time. Yeah. And there was some improv kind of tacked on at the end, but it seemed to be... No, but it's yeah. like you said. There were a couple people. I feel like Adam McKay was oh, one of them that came in absolutely. and just was like, "Hey, Are come on, guys! Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah, um, absolutely."
1: But uh, yeah, and then the Annoyance Theater for people people that don't know that was that was like the weird hippie commune improv, right. you know, right. that was in an old.
2: It was a drag club, d- drag club, defunct
1: drag club that actually had originally been a stable. Oh right. Uh, that- so, yeah, so the building was uh, just, it was never very well weatherproofed. It right. basically was like a giant garage and it was full of rats, you know? Yes, it
2: was. Constantly ooh.
1: full of rats, yeah. Yes,
2: ooh, that's all um, the dead rats in the walls. Ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yummy.
1: But it was, that, it was a really fun place because it was kind of anything, truly anything yeah. goes. Yeah, it was. I mean, to the point where, uh, and this was this was always my sort of, philosophical difference with a lot of the philosoph- uh, with what the philosophical difference with the philosophy yes. um where i differed was that there's sometimes it's like well it doesn't matter if the show's not good or not i was always kind of like
2: yeah yeah it does yeah it does i know a little you, bit you yeah, asking, yeah. Right? no no i and i i almost felt like because i had had a more formal um training in theater like or musical theater we made fun of a lot of musicals i almost felt like a few people were like what are you doing? Like, don't be so good, you know, or don't be so, don't sing. Right. So, like literally it felt like there was a weird extra judgy. I'm like, Oh God, you know, just, right, just right. bizarre. Just like, yeah. Do we all have to sing off key? Is that the only I, way yeah. this is funny? Yeah. I, but, right. but it definitely yeah, can't had we a vibe. can be different?
1: Yeah. Well, and that's had, also you know, the intimate, you know, like the, the insecurity. Behind
2: sure, it sure, so. sure. Yeah. But at the time Tiny. I was like, you know, how do you want to fit in with these people or you know, all those weird things that go through your head? yeah, I mean, I yeah. Kind of, I was a I was a fucking idiot, but
1: anyway, I'm well, just... and also there was a lot of mind fuckery going yeah, on. There was is a true. lot of this is there true. was a lot of yeah, this crazy group dynamics because we're all twenty, yes. you know, nineteen to twenty three. yeah, and
2: dramatic. you know, like
1: like yeah. the wise ones that were manipulating people were twenty six, you right. know, like right. the old ones that right. were like, you know you know, just. <laughs> It was a whole group of young, horny people.
2: It's so true. That,
1: you know, wanted to have fun and, and get into show business. Yeah. Um, run,
2: run by McNapier, who who had a kind of a love-hate relationship with success. I yeah. Mean, he definitely, there was definitely some punishment for some people who left and did well and not for everybody, but it was just, I, I yeah, I can never quite figure out what that was about, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I crazy. think.
1: A lot. I mean, you know, we're we're building families wherever we go, and some are just like, yeah. Some are more, you know, like you you have your little work family, and usually that can be a rather benign sort of thing. But it is like it does have kind of a familial feel. Yes, and then there are like the institutional families that are fucked up you know that are just like like it's a bunch of people with dysfunction that found each other and like hey let's start our own fucked up dysfunction right and there is
2: something about you have to stick with you have to believe everything that the tribe believes yeah you're you're either all the way in or you're all the way out there's nothing in the middle and if you grow and change like you it feels like a threat to other people right and that's something i didn't understand at the time but well, it seems or, so clear now.
1: Right. You know? and, answer, and well, and we're also like you're starting out on this thing that's difficult that you're not sure is gonna work out. Uh you're not sure what's gonna happen to you. Um, right. and then and then you're presented with this kind of like you said, this sort of like, are you in? Like are you willing to do what it takes? and then you look back on and it's like well you can also go in and go like look i want to do shows you know like i'm not looking for a new philosophy or or a guru or some life change you know i like my real family i don't need to eschew them in favor of you nuts it's funny
2: Um, jane Jane lynch and i talked about this she always felt a little on the outs at the annoyance even though she was doing the really brady bunch there yeah yeah and she kind of wanted to be more and i said rejection is protection my dear like you <laughs> had it so much better there's no i mean because it doesn't matter how in you are if you if you grow and and become who you're supposed to be then eventually you're going to be out anyway
1: yeah you know yeah Whether yeah jane bad. and i jane and i we were when because we toured with the real live brady bunch for you folks at home
3: yeah.
1: and uh and we were mike and carol brady and we were kind of like on the outskirts of a lot of it, you know, like we would sort of go to the parties and then when stuff would start to get weird, it was like, we'd both be like, all right, let's get out. Let's go home. <laughs> That's enough of that.
2: And I was kind of coming in and out of the touring stuff. Too. Right. Coming in right. For like a month here and there and like kind of, yeah. Cause I was yeah. originally part of the Brady's, but I wasn't a Brady. I was an understudy to, to Jane and to Mary Weiss who played Alice. And then I played like all the non-Brady roles you know, which was really fun. Did the commercials mm-hmm. and the game show. We had a blast. I mean. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah it was it was, was, it was great fun.
1: It was crazy that the, you know, that the, the, this stupid reruns, you know, <laughs> reproductions of Brady Bunches fed everybody. Yeah. For a I always of call years. it like,
2: it's like pre, a pre-YouTube theater. It was like a way for yeah. us to share and experience something together. That yeah. yeah, Couldn't do it another way. Yeah.
1: And also I think really truly was like seminal in terms of like a whole variety of satire parody theater like doing live versions of you know yeah. Of, you fill in the blank, yeah, and that was. they're still doing
2: the, the Golden Girls, like it's, yeah. it's really big, and the, they they were doing yeah.
1: Point Break here for oh, right. years and right, years right, and right. years on stage. That. Yes, I and did I Valley the Dolls. Any, yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody did that before. No, the no, that, I think yeah. that was the first.
2: Because yeah, we did the uh, we did Valley of the Dolls uh, at the Circle in the Square on Bleecker for um, in New York. I, we did it out in, in L.A. first, and we had one drag queen, Jackie beat in it. That's yeah, yeah. Awesome part. And that was great fun. And that felt like groundbreaking at the time. It was really big in the gay and lesbian community. And we got great reviews. And,
1: yeah. You know, Were you Neely in that? I was Neely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: With Liza Coyle, who was uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, she was sort of like the ingenue. She was, she was great. I mean, yeah. yeah. Ken Marino was in that production too. He was uh, Tony Pilar. He was
1: great. How long was that?
2: Um, I think we lasted almost six months. Um, we had, Great reviews, but then, and, and Ron Delisner was our producer, but he got hit by, you know, his car hit a moose, and, it, and he was in, in the hospital <laughs> for a while, and they just dropped, the publicity got all mixed up, because, there was something, Yeah, they dropped the ball at some point, and then the take guy in charge is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, eh, yeah, so we, yeah. Went, yeah. Wow! But Yeah. Now,
1: did you crazy. think you were just? Were you? Did you think you were going to be a theater actor? Like, did you have a, a much? I
2: wanted. Well, you know, I was. I was in. I was in consideration for um, SNL when Lauren Michaels came to see the Miss Vagina Pageant with. Um, oh, right. With uh, and uh, he came with Quincy Jones, which is so crazy. I talked to. Reggie I remember about that, that. So night. So crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely wanted something more for sure. But when that didn't work out, I, it was such a trippy thing because when your friends get something that you want and then you're, it's just, we were so pitted against each other because we all had lunch together. Lauren does that thing, you know, Melanie mm-hmm. and I had lunch together and Beth and Susan, it's just kind of weird. So I I felt like once again, thanks for, thanks, thanks to a lot of therapy. I could sort of figure it because you, you want to feel, you don't want, whatever. It's just, it's hard to figure out your feelings, but right. I remember running into Mike, Mike uh, Shoemaker a few Few years later in L.A., when I was waiting tables in Beverly Hills, and he was with Tina Fey. It was before Tina Fey was doing. I think she had just started to do Weekend Update. And he said, "Don't you give up? I don't want you to give up." Like we had this great conversation, and I was in the weeds. I'm like, "Ah, I got, I gotta go," you know. But uh, right, right. <laughs> but I got the message. Um, but I, I definitely felt like I there was some. I don't know why I always felt like there was something waiting for me. I never knew when. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like pleasant persistence. I always tell people, yeah. if you have that feeling, and it's also different for women. You know, sometimes it's better when you're older because it's harder to get character roles when you're younger. There are less of them. Right. Um, you know, and it's just and also just women in comedy. I always feel like 15 for the guys, one for the girl. Okay, another yeah. 15 for you, five for you. You know, it's just it, the math is just funky, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, okay. and it, but it's it's also hard. That was I mean, that was a weird time because the Brady Bunch was big and uh Joey Soloway. uh Yeah. And Faith put together this show, the Miss Vagina pageant with a bunch of women from yeah. the theater. That was a, uh, you know, like a spoofy, uh, what do you call it? You know, like a spoofy- Pageant parody. Yeah, pageant, pageant parody. parody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and yeah, it was known they're, they're going to come and they're going to look at you guys for SNL. And like mm-hmm. you say, it's pitting everybody yeah. against each other. And they did hire, they hired Melanie Hutzel and Beth Cahill. Yeah. And even, you know, like I wasn't in the middle of it, but I was, it was my first experience of envy of yes. somebody yes. getting a gig. Yeah. And cause, cause you start out doing this shit and your parents say, what, where is this going? What is this going to do? <laughs> right. And then for me, you know, I had been working in film production and which I did, you know, which was a, a lot of work for not a ton of money at that point. Right. And I ended up quitting that just so I could do these shows for free. And again, yeah. it was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then, you you know, and you don't know what's going to happen. And then it's like, wait a minute, you might get on SNL. Like all this shit might yeah. end up being, you're going to be on Saturday Night Live. And that that idea lands on you from the heavens. Yeah. And then it's happening. And then it's like two people get to go away and yeah. the rest of you, good luck. You know, <laughs> don't forget to pick up the empty beer cans after the show, right. you know. And, uh, and, <laughs> and I remember the way, feeling you're
2: her understudy in four of the shows, four of the six shows that she's left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Luck. I'm like, so oh. good luck. Yeah. Now yeah. you got, yeah. Now you got to cancel shifts, waiting tables because right, you got so I many shows do to do. That's yeah. what it
2: was. Yep.
1: Hilarious. And, and it is, you, I do remember feeling like, God damn it. And I knew like, I'm not, they're obviously hiring women. You know, I'm, I wasn't, at, you know, but there's just this thing of like, I want that. I yeah. want that. Yeah. And it was, like I say, it was my first experience and it was a good experience to learn that you feel that and then it goes. You yeah. know, you it yeah. it's a very I mean if you're not past. if you're not fucked up, you know, if right, you're not right, right. you know, a social, mess. But right. But and it, I mean, it, it, and since then, every time something really good happens to somebody that I like, I'm like, oh, hooray, goddammit. You know. <laughs> Still. It never well, you're ends. You're more
2: honest than most people, Andy. Yeah. I'm just saying, you are
1: more <laughs> honest. Oh, that's good for you, fucker.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> but it was such a time, like, I think about all the people that we were around, and you never knew who was going to make it. I mean, I don't, you know. No, didn't know. no. John Favreau no. was seating people at Second City, and he couldn't get arrested at Second City. He no. And he kept trying, auditioning. And, and it, it was
1: yeah. it was weird, too, as it starts to then sort of, like, become professional, And it does, because it seems just like you're fucking around and having fun and, you know, and, and hanging out and, you know, doing these silly shows that 30 people are seeing and they're enjoying it and you're learning how to get better at it, but you're mostly just hanging out and, you know, partying and having fun with all these weirdos. And then all of a sudden (laughs) it is kind of like you, somebody gets a job and then it's like, well, we need other people like you. And then it's, they're just. They're plucked from this same, just like fucking around, you know, it's like, you go from being kind of, well, like this kind of misguided loser, you know, like this, this like, this like pipe dream, dum-dum doing this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, no, you're a professional. Like you're now a craftsman or craftswoman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: It's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The shift is, is almost invisible, but it's, it, you feel it.
1: Yeah. And, was was yeah. when the Brady Bunch came to L.A. was that what brought you to L.A. too? Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. Well,
2: I was um, I think I came back. I was there for like a month for the summer because we did the Miss Vagina pageant that summer of 1991. I think. No, 92. 92. Yeah. And, then and it was 92. I yeah. came back. I I'm, I'm got an agent there that was going to rep me for pilot season. And that's why I came back. So I came back in like I think I was there from January till March. And I I uh, borrowed Jane Lynch's car. Yeah. She had stuck around that fall, but then she went back to Chicago to live with Elaine Soloway. So I stayed, I, I drove her car, uh, yeah, back. And yeah, I stayed when like I, a, yeah. You one borrowed of my car too. One yeah. of my
1: trips out, I brought, yeah, I borrowed a car and got you parking got, tickets. You got
2: more tickets than I did. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I got parking tickets that I was, that I just, I think I forgot to pay. Uh, and then it's become a joke. Like she's mentioned it a couple of times on television. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of a bit, but I can also tell like, in the bit, I also hear like, "Oh no, Jane was pissed at me. She was annoyed <laughs> at me." And I, like I said, I did pay him off, but at the t- you know at the time it was like it was just you know money was just there was no I remember, money. Oh my yeah, god!
2: Yeah, know. I, I always remember those stories of like room having roommates that just totally screwed you over with the with the phone bill and stuff, or you're like. You just got. I, I I had so many roommates in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time you came to my apartment when we were, we had that lock-in show at the Annoyance, and I think you came to get a coffee maker or something because we needed a coffee maker. And I, I just I had some crazy roommate that was had some words with you. We're like, I can't get in touch with Kate. She was like yelling at you because I was unavailable because we were in lockdown. I can't remember this, but
1: oh, I can't. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you put up with more shit than with me than you even remember. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you dismissed it.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I, I I want to, but I can't. No,
2: no. Um, you were walking Kahlua, you know the dog that was, you know, uh huh. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> um, so crazy. Did uh, when when did the office come up during all of this? Okay,
2: stuff? so I had moved. I lived in New York from '96, and I stayed when we did Valley of the Dolls. I stayed for almost three years, and then I uh, came back um, in '99, and then 2004, I, I I auditioned for the pilot. Didn't get the pilot. Um, I auditioned for the part of Jan. And Allison Jones said, I think you're really right for this part. I had met Allison before when I was there for pilot season, because my I had an on-camera coach, Glenn Haynes, who was really good friends with her. And I think she was like casting Flying Blind, this show from like I think from 90, 98 or I, I, sometime in the nineties. So she said, I think you'd be you right for this, even if this isn't your part. So they did the pilot without me. And um I got a call in like late August right before Labor Day and I was going to Chicago and I couldn't make the next audition, but they didn't find anybody from that 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 last week. so I went right after Labor Day and I got cast. I found like the day I found out the day that I auditioned that I got cast. I had to yeah. do it twice. I had to go back to Gower to do it again for I did it for Greg Daniels and everybody and I remember seeing a few people from Chicago they're like Rose Abdu and Brett Pazel and thinking like they book everything. I'm not gonna get this. Yeah, Um, But by the time I got home, I found that I got the job, but I wasn't sure because I replaced somebody. I always had that feeling. Well, I don't know how permanent this is going to be because there's a bunch of us that were we were considered guest stars for the first season, first season and a half. So there was this feeling like, well, don't get too used to this because.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember because I I remember talking to you at the time. um, And and I because I was going to say it, you probably didn't really know how much those background characters were going, you know,
2: No, we had like no how idea. much you're
1: going to be. Yeah. No, you know, just no whether idea. you're just going to be some kind of chorus or whether there's going to be actual stuff. Exactly.
2: Happening. And they actually told us to bring paperwork. They wanted us to look busy. They wanted the two, um, uh, the DP and the, the B camera were, um, they were documentary guys and they had done survivor and they had done like literally like animals in the wild they were shooting us like animals in the wild yeah. they didn't want us to suddenly start looking like we were working because the camera was on they wanted us to already be working so i brought yeah. a lot of tax stuff and just like just filing stuff i just just weird but they, had, they eventually they got like fake paperwork for us which we all sort of created these weird little systems so weird yeah, um, yeah. But uh, somebody's medical records, like, dear God, like, I don't know, how was
1: they you, paid? Didn't you yeah. tell me, too, that, like, at the beginning, the computers weren't hooked up?
2: Yeah, they, not the and first then you season, find, yeah. And then
1: you actually got internet, and then you could just, yeah. you're on a TV show, but you're fucking around on the That's internet. That's
2: totally what it was. And then yeah. I, my screen was always on. Um, So I I was in the shot a lot, this one shot uh, from Michael's office when he was looking out at us. So I always had to dump to solitaire. So I became like the solitaire queen. I became very good at solitaire. (laughs) Still (laughs) solitaire.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But it was
2: great. I mean, it was the greatest job for a million reasons. I mean, a million. Greg Daniels was so, he was so protective of what this what this concept was. And he treated us all like we were equals, even though we all know that's not true. You know what I mean? I mean, it right. was just, you know, but it was really nice to even pretend to behave. That. And Steve is also the sequel is the best number one you ever won on a show. Yeah. He makes sure that the show is the star, not him.
1: No, even he, though
2: yeah. you know, the first two seasons in particular, he was doing most of the talking and they could switch his day and he would just do it. He was, he's amazing. He's an amazing actor. He really, yeah. really is. And
1: yeah. you also just get the lucky benefit of uh, both of those men are are kind and generous yes. Yes. and respectful of other people and aware of other people. Yes, which like is the that's rarest. A, oh, my yeah. God.
2: That's the rarest piece. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I feel like, you know, I mean, I had nine great years and I hope to be on another show, but I, I know I, I would. I'm, if it's half as good, I'll be ha- as happy. If it's half as thoughtful, I'd be I'd be happy. But I don't expect, you know. Yeah. I've seen some weird shit go down, you know, just being right, like a guest star right. and stuff. You're like, okay, oh, you want me back? Okay, oh, I don't yeah, to yeah, be back here. yeah. No thanks.
1: <laughs> Did were you were you ever uh, you know like the the you know Mer- Meredith is a drunk. You know, I mean that's kind of like her thing, which is. Yeah. A very old fashioned kind of It is thing. Yes. And it's yes. I mean, was that hard to walk the line of no?
2: Not for me. Not for me. Not, I actually yeah, loved yeah. it. I loved it. Because I'm so I'm like I'm like a ninety-five year old woman, Andy. I mean, I have the taste <laughs> of a ninety-five I do. I mean, I'm like I'm so old show business. I mean but but I also understood just having having something to latch on to. And I remember the the first episode uh, the first Christmas episode in season uh season two where i had to flash michael and i was like what i mean I, there was not a lot of talk or notice it's not like they had a long conversation with me about it we literally just sat there and read it and i was like oh okay this is happening
1: nobody said anything nobody prefaced it with like hey would you mind
2: nope not wow. really yeah it may have been it may have been a sentence but it was not a conversation it was like hey i've got this idea and uh we're gonna read about it and just tell me what you think it was kind of like that you
1: know? welcome to hollywood baby <laughs>
2: Well, thank God it wasn't let's, HBO.
1: Let's see him.
2: It wasn't HBO for fuck's sake. You know, thank God, <laughs> you know, thank God. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I remember uh, Steve being crazy respectful. He said, I'm not going to look at them. I'm going to look at your clavicle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's almost an insult. I know. Look, I while like, they're out here, you might as, minute, as well, really? yeah, hey.
3: take a peek, buddy.
1: What? Yeah. oh <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mc Crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places?
1: Can't you tell my love growing how was was where did Meredith Mer, Merediths difficulties with the alcohol come from I mean was it was it was it you something that was there from the beginning or Not something beginning. that you all stumbled on we
2: stumbled on it in the the first Halloween episode and it got completely cut out because the network thought it was too dark yeah and they wanted to they literally were uh they wanted to see Michael Scott giving out candy at the end of the episode ah uh. so yeah, that was that. But I remember Paul Feig was directing, and I was a witch with this crazy brains, like brain showing. It was like, I, it was a really elaborate costume. I swiped the camera once. You don't even see me in the whole oh, episode. Wow. They just cut me out. And I remember being like, oh no, oh no. Am I going to get, oh my God, am I going to, is this, am I getting, I was, I was like nervous. Like getting that. fired? I mean? thought I was going to get fired. I thought I was, I was afraid. I was like, uh-oh. um, And then- Greg found the perfect way to put it in for the, the Christmas episode. And and I felt like we were kind of off to the races. But then I remember season three, a lot of my stuff got cut. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then season four started with me getting hit by Michael Scott's car, my Meredith getting hit by the car. And that was like, oh, my God. I remember I got, I was on The Tonight Show because of that, because uh, Joaquin Phoenix canceled at the last minute. And they kept running that that preview so much with me hitting the car. And they're like, is she a bit... So I I ran up. So it was like one of those things. I if that felt like a game changer. And then suddenly she was not only a drunken slut, she was accident prone. And so we had some great stuff going on. <laughs> it's like my hair on fire at the Christmas yeah. party next season, and I got you know bit by a Gee, bat. I really
1: fleshed out that. It's true. That, you know. It's true. It's so true. It's, Multi-dimensional. It was, it's
2: fantastic. So you yeah. know there's things that happen that are you know I mean there were some great and I got to do a lot of my own stunts, which was really fun because so I felt like I didn't have a lot of dialogue, and it was really fun to be the physical comedic uh, you know to, to to be the to actually get to do it because i always think it's funnier when the real actor is doing it if it if it makes a difference oh know? absolutely see, yeah Abs-
1: absolutely yeah it's yeah. like i think almost you know like stunts and balls and comedy i think are almost more important than in action you know yeah yeah uh and it's like and and they're also as <laughs> like they're just they're mo- like comedy violence is some of the funniest things like, you know, it's out so of the true. blue, somebody getting hit on the head with something can it's be just so
2: true. the yeah. funniest I, I, I thing in the, the world. I the football and I was like, they're like, do you sure you want to do it? I'm like, I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I slept very well that night. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. weird dreams, but it was worth it. You know, it was fine.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, well. I didn't say no.
2: yes to everything though, but almost, almost every, oh, every stunt. So it was worth it.
1: Was it, was it tough? Being in the background of The Office all those years and kind of, you know, the attention kind of coming and going to all of you. Because, I mean, you all yeah. were kind of in a group, you know, yes. beyond the first five or six people in the cast. Right. There was, you know, the Greek chorus of the yes. people in The Office.
2: You know what? I really made peace with it. I really did. And I felt like I felt like I took it very seriously. Like, I, I tried to be as present as possible because... I also realized that sometimes like I wouldn't have a line, but I'd get a laugh because they'd go to my face. So I was yeah. like, this, there's something else happening here. And right. And I also felt like the sense of like less is more because I find that when some characters get embraced uh, on, a, on a season, sometimes they start talking more. They start morphing. They're not as funny. They're more expositional. They lose what was yeah. initially funny about themselves. It happens right. all the time. I remember Greg saying to me, Meredith doesn't sing. So if you sing like, not everybody can sing. I was like, I get it. I totally get it. I don't want to be Potsy. I get it. You know, right. I thought, you know, Happy Days, like Potsy, like suddenly he was like a different weird character. And the more he sang, the weirder he got. I thought the more. he lost, Yeah. Like, yeah. Dopey yeah. guy.
3: Right. Right. Which is
2: a shame Because he was really funny the first season or two, you know, and then yeah, he lost that. Yeah. So sorry, Gary Marshall. I'll, you know, um, but, you know, I think they're <laughs> just there's things that like, you well know, that
1: that sort of, you know, people going, oh, I can sing, too. Is yeah. I'd say eight out of ten times it's not a great I, idea. You know. I no,
2: know, I know. You know. I know. Like and like, I wasn't volunteering, but he just said to me, "Just so you know," and he's like, yeah. "I know you sing, but you don't sing." I was like, "So there's a scene when when uh, um in the lice episode season nine where where um there's lice in the office and Pam blames Meredith, so she shaves her head. Turns out Pam was the one that came in." Brought the license in because her daughter oh, yeah.
3: had
2: it. And uh, so she takes her out for a drink after she shaves her head. And we're at karaoke and we have to sing. Girls just want to have fun. And I remember purposely like, don't sing it too good. So I was like, fucking it up. Like, I would even, you know, try to, you know, I I didn't follow the karaoke. T- I start too soon. And she's like, not right. yet. Like, you know,
1: yeah that
2: old yeah. chestnut, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was, were there some people that handled it better than others? And of course I don't want yeah. you to name names. No, absolutely. I mean, and I think yeah, yeah. people
2: went through phases where they were frustrated and they'd say like, well, we should complain. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't put me in the we, No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I felt like there was some, and there was some respect for holding the line and not, not freaking out, you know, Yeah. or freaking out on my own when I did, because it's like, it's not anybody's business. It's not. And also, I feel like they were just trying to figure out what this was the first couple right. seasons,
1: So, you know, yeah, and and you know, they're, you know, I mean, I was a talk show sidekick for years and years, and I used to I used to joke on some shows, you know, where there I wouldn't be anywhere in this any of this script, you know, and right. I and I used to you know joke with the stage men. I say, if I play my cards right, I don't have to say a word tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, it, you know, and you just, and yeah, there's times and you're like, God damn it. But then you have to, you always have to remind yourself, look at where you are. Yeah. You're yeah. getting paid. Right. This is your, remember your, you know, wildest dream. It's yes. here it is. You're living I mean, it. Dumb, dumb. Absolutely. Calm I always down. wanted to
2: be on a sitcom like Mary Tyler Moore or MASH where they had a great finale and we got a great finale. So I was so yeah, excited. Yeah. I was like, I mean, it's just, it just was everything to me. And I, I do feel like if you, if you're smart enough to just, you know, breathe through whatever that voice that, you know, that and I, I stopped counting lines. I'd never count Cause I'd only, only be disappointed. And sometimes my, I, I wouldn't even talk in the, in the read through, they'd put lines in for me later, Yeah, um, which happened a lot. And I was fine with it. Like it's, it's just, you know, Again, it's it's one of those things where you can you can make it a problem or you can just look at look at what's right about it and focus on the right.
1: Yep. Yeah. And also, I know from some from being on both sides of it, the the actor that's complaining that they're not getting enough lines is not the actor that you're thinking like, i got to put more words in that. Yeah, person's that's, mouth. See, that's a you big, know what I mean? That's yeah, the person absolutely. where you're like, hey, man, why don't you just back off? You know, like. Yeah. Or they, (laughs) or they
2: suddenly get written out and you're like, Oh, well, what a coincidence. You know, yeah, Yeah. yeah. whether, whether, you know, you can, you understand that they're having personal issues with what's happening and you're you're not accepting. And, and I, I get it, but I also think this is the gift of, you know, I was 40 when I got the office. There's a gift in that being a little older and understanding like, okay, it's, it's, there's something bigger going on. This is life changing for many, many reasons. And even just sitting there listening to what's going on is, gold because we have the best writers the best Mm -hmm. directors the funniest i mean you know it's like jesus it's it's a great gig i had the most comfortable wardrobe you know
1: (laughs) right right.
2: i got to sit at a desk i got to go sit at a desk every day being on set and having a place to sit is huge yes huge Yes. Oh, it just, you know, and if it was a crew member in your seat, they had to get up when you came in because, again, they would want us to start, like, Ken Quapis would always he would kind of do this, like, general view of us working before an episode. You just kind of catch it. And I it was great, you know. Yeah. Just
1: Yeah, it is. I imagine on. you, yeah, that's your place. Like, even if, you know, you don't yeah. have anything to do, like, you go sit, you probably ate lunch sitting there, I bet. Sometimes,
2: sometimes. Yeah, yeah. so There'd be times I had stuff on my desk, real stuff in my desk. And, you know, I mean, it was, again, like, I the the affection that people have for the show is amazing to me because I have that affection as, as an employee. I mean, yeah. like
1: I, so yeah, yeah. I love
2: that it's, you know, that, that it continues, and it has this cult follow. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it's cultural now. It's,
1: it's absolutely. It's like, yeah. I mean, I would put it, I mean, I'm not big on ranking things, but it yeah. has to be in top five of, yeah. of American TV comedies. Yeah, or, and it was, you know, it was number one all of the history, you know. Yeah,
2: it was number one on Netflix for a long time and especially during the pandemic, which is just yeah. crazy. So, you know. It's an yeah. amazing
1: piece of work, yeah.
2: I mean, thank God I had a good experience because a lot of people want me to talk about it and if I hated it, like, thank right. God I'm not
1: stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about it, like, I also love reading that you didn't quit your waitress job until the second season. Yeah, because I didn't know. And you know, I, did people were you ever sitting and people going like, hey, aren't you on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it that's started gotta to be-
2: But I remember like Greg Daniels came in and I love it. He completely ignored that I was wearing a uniform. He's like, I gotta talk to you about that one. You improvise the word vagina. We're trying to get it in. NBC's fighting with us and I'm just really hoping it works out. And it was just like <laughs>
0: Did I he come he in to actually Googled. eat or did he, he just was come eating. in? To, yeah, he was eating. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know
2: I worked there. He's like, oh, I'm so glad I ran into you. Oh, love, love, love <laughs> this is
1: convenient.
2: That. So great. I mean, Greg awesome. is the guy that literally rode his bike, literally in a tuxedo to the Golden Globes because he lives that close to, uh, to, the, <laughs> to the Beverly Hills
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Hotel. No, oh, that's fantastic. Him. He's the
2: best. Yeah, But yeah, I mean, and then I remember I would wait on some of the directors and then uh, Ken Kwapis, the I, I waited on, and he was like, oh, you work here. He, and there were a couple of directors that were like, "Oh, hi." They were a little like
3: yeah, pat on yeah. the head.
2: I'm like, whatever, you know. Right. Um, but the cool ones, you know, you know, they're the ones that still worked on the show. You know? Right. They the right. Guest right. Right. You know. But yeah, it was it was a. Uh, and then I, yeah, I remember somebody asking me if, uh, "Hey, aren't you lactose intolerant?" Because that was something that came up in the first season. I was like, yeah. "Thanks for not bringing up my hysterectomy." So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is before I knew I was drunk. So there was like very little to hang my hat on,
1: but that was right. right. Yeah, I, I can't drink milk, and I'm barren. How about that? That's quite a, quite a background to, to be going on. Would you like fries on. with that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, where? Uh, you know, where are you going from here? Are you, are you planning on doing kind of more of the musical stuff? I mean, well, Jane and, and I Jane- are doing,
2: we're actually doing, um, Jane Lynch and I do two shows. We do a Christmas show based on our Christmas album that was in the billboard top 10 for a couple of weeks, which is amazing. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. It's a great, so we've been doing Christmas. Tell tours people since. what it
1: is. So they just It's know. called a
2: swinging little Christmas. And, um, we, uh, we've been touring, I think since 2017 or 16 with this show, um, and uh, it's great. It's it's classics, but it's it's in the sort of um, early early sixties, late fifties jazz vibe.
1: Yeah. Um.
2: Because we've, we've great great musicians, this Tony uh, Guerrero quintet, and it's just really fun. We do like We Three Kings, like Dave Brubeck's Take Five. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't. I'm, but you know, it's some of the music is beautiful, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. But yeah, and then we do a non-Christmas show called Two Lost Souls that we did at the Carlisle, um, uh, in two thousand eighteen for. She's a couple months. I uh, know for, for right. a couple weeks. a Couple weeks. So we're actually going to do a PBS special of Two Lost Souls. Uh, we're going to shoot that next month. And um, oh wow, yeah. So that'll be on like the premium. So it'll kind of live on in perpetuity for them for a while. So you know, it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to kind of take it to another audience. And you know, that's great. But, yeah, and we're still I mean, we're hoping to get back to the Carlisle again at some point because you get to stay there and you get a fancy breakfast every day. It's great.
1: Wow. I mean, it's so.
2: It's so old New York. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and you see very specific famous people. Yes. in The breakfast restaurant that you would never see anywhere else on the planet. I mean, right.
1: It's, right. It's,
2: it's good. It's, yeah. That's
1: so, awesome. Yeah. It was well. Good. And what, so what else do you, I mean, what else is, what do you, what are you looking forward to? What are, you know?
2: You know what? I'm doing a little bit of recording myself. Cause I feel like I've always, i am I've done some recording with Jane and I, I, I feel like I, I, again, I have this thing probably cause I'm a twin I have a hard time doing stuff by myself, but I want to do some recording by myself. I don't really care what, what becomes of it or, you know, uh, if it's a hit or whatever, but just kind of for my, for my own self. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, I, I, I've been guest starring, um, and I, I just worked in Alaska and Hawaii this past year. I'm, and you know, I did like a Magnum PI and I did like a movie in Alaska. I, who knows, but I, yeah, I'm yeah. having a good time and I'm not exactly sure what's next, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. Everything's good. And I'm, you know,
1: no dream one woman show that you got sitting around.
2: No, no. I mean, I, I, I really want to write, uh, about my dad and just kind of like my journey with him too. But, uh, but it it, it hasn't happened yet. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately
2: I'm my own worst critic and it, it, it sometimes paralyzes me unfortunately. So I go through phases where I'm like, I'm doing it. And then I'm like, I'm not doing it.
1: I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just have, I, I'm, I think you and I are similar that like I, and I've said this before, I don't particularly want to be on stage by myself. Yeah. I don't really, yeah. it's not that fun for me. I don't yeah. like the, the laps of faceless strangers, uh, you know, Yeah. is not, that's not what does it for me. It's the, it's the connection with the other people who are doing the thing. Right. I mean, because right. from day one back in Chicago, when a show would get canceled, we'd show up and we'd find out, oh, the, you know, Something the roof is leaking and so right. that you know we can't do a show. And so you just go out with everybody and have fun anyway. And it for me it was like I'm still get to be funny and yes. and goof around with all these people, but I don't have to worry about, you know,
2: yeah,
3: remembering
1: with- what, what what the place that the scene is at and you know right and making a connection. You can just go have fun with these funny, funny people. It's so
2: true. Yeah, I yeah. So I don't know, and I I I might still do the lampshades again, my my uh dying yeah. round jacked, which Luckily, when we created 20 years ago, we they were much older than we were, so we've only grown into these characters. But again, it's always been a dying lounge act. Um, But we were doing flappers for like five years after Improv Olympic, and just like once a month. And we did a show last February. It was a drive-in show at up at um, Forest Lawn in Glendale, so people had to walk, which was really fun. Um, But I've been a little too uh, too busy with Jane. But we might start doing it again. Even you know, we'll see. I'm. With this new variant, I'm not sure about uh, the the clubs. I don't know. It's just weird because people are eating, and you know, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. And we'll and see. Well, also COVID,
1: it's such a weird. You know, you know, it's like who knows if it's over? Or who knows if we got another year of this? You know, it's.
2: I know. Yeah. It's so, tough. You know, but everything's everything's great. You know, I met my boyfriend on the office. He's an NBC photographer. Yeah. So I, I'm really lucky because I got a guy and a show when I was 40. You know, I mean, like that, I, and that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um
2: especially without the plastic surgery um, or hair systems. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. The but, hair um, systems.
2: Yeah. But he, you know, we're, he's really busy. He's, you know, he's the chief stills guy at NBC and he, you know, we were just, we, we have a great time. We're just, and even through this weird time, we're having a great time. And I'm, I'm one of the luckiest people I've ever met. So um, I'm, I'm grateful. So like I say, if, if I actually literally got hit by a car, I think I'd be fine. <laughs> Ultimately. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wishing it, but it'd be right. okay. Really. Right, I right. mean,
1: don't let that get out. People, yeah. you know, people with a penchant <laughs> I, for vehicular manslaughter might what be. What am I
2: saying in this day and yeah, age? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cruising yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, for you.
2: Never mind. <laughs> there she is. That one. <laughs> and scene, right? Yeah. The po- poetry in, in life and death. Yeah.
3: Well,
1: so so what uh, what have you learned? That's the third of yeah. these, you know, these three questions, you know, like what has what this whole path sort of well, given I think, you? The most what important insight.
2: thing I've learned is, um, you know, everybody is trying to get what they want, but it's really important to want what you got. And I think it's just constantly making peace with what is, what can I accept? What do I like about, you know, if there's a disappointment, like, what do I like about the result? Because there's usually yeah. something I like. And I feel like the older I get, the less drama there is. I'm not suffering from what I don't get, you know, because yeah. I live a much better life than I did before I got the office and I don't think that's going to change you know so therefore anything else is kind of gravy I would like to do a Broadway show I've done off-Broadway but I'd like to do like you know I, that's one thing I've not done but um, and that's kind of out of my control writing and all that stuff yeah I would like to but you know we'll, we'll see and and we're going to put together some music but again it's got to be for the inside it can't be for. I, I don't have that I'll show you thing you know
1: yeah. 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 I yeah. I think I, also too, it's like, the, I think built into there too is, you know, that whole notion of gratitude, which yeah. Yeah. becomes almost like a cliche And and there. Yeah. And I, you know, and I've been hearing people say for years, like, it's all about gratitude. You got to have gratitude and I, you know, and sometimes you're like, you know what, sometimes shit sucks. I don't have to, yeah. you know, like yeah, I'd ab- I gotta to be, be grateful. Yeah. I gotta yeah. be grateful for everything. But then, you know, the longer you live and kind of the calmer you get, and the yeah. more you figure stuff out, and the you know, and like you know, if you got you know if you go to therapy the the better you are at being alive, sure you do realize like, oh no, gratitude is like it's kind of like a vitamin, you know it's yeah, like absolutely
2: it's, absolutely it's, it's
1: something that you give that that comes out of you, but it actually is nurturing you in a way. Yeah, because you you
2: realize that, like, resentment is always the poison that you take, that you think you're giving someone else, but really you're just giving it to yourself. And that is, like, once you have the realization, that it's like, oh, shit, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to feel worse for being mad and disappointed. I want to feel better. But I also think, you know, giving yourself permission to be a human being, too. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, I set the bar very, I used to set the bar crazy high for other people. Um, and so I was disappointed constantly. You know, yeah, <laughs> you can't yeah, do yeah. That. So keep keep your expectations in check. That is my message <laughs> for
1: yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, I hope they don't hit me with their car.
2: Uh, you know, yep. I mean, not That's yet. All you need, give not a, yet. Give me about twenty. Yeah.
1: Don't let me 20... prove that point. No, yeah. no, not absolutely yet.
2: not. But you know, and and also just you know, it's just nice to see there's you know people like you that I've known for so long, and I feel like. You know, I we don't spend enough time together. I know yeah. I, I've seen you New Year's Eve for most of our lives together. It's yes, so funny. It is true. We yeah, share yeah. that, which has and been we awesome. run across each
1: other, you know, pretty yes. frequently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: we got to do the wheel that that. Uh, game yeah, show, we did some
1: was, game show just recently, and that was that was very <laughs> weird. Very silly. Look out for it. The it wheel. Great to, it's, it's
2: great to see you across the wheel on
1: just, NBC. It's you sit on a giant wheel and spin like around like a child, like, like we a were child, like giant, giant yes. babies. We were, it is, it's a fair, it's a big, it's a big like roulette wheel with uh six uh, I, I say celebrities because that's what they called us, but <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was. It, it was, was pretty, really, it oh was my pretty God. fun. Once again, yeah.
2: always great to look across yeah. uh, the planet and see your face <laughs> and you put it in perspective. <laughs> and again, I, I, you're always a joy. And I, I just love that there's things in our past that, you know, no matter what came of them, we they meant something to us at the, you know, like these meetings and I, yeah. just, and and we've survived a lot. We've survived yep. a lot of stuff and, yep. and, 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 and thrived. And I know there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be interesting chapters for both of us. I don't think we're done. I just don't know what they are. And yeah. luckily, we're old, and we don't care how we look.
1: <laughs> Woo <Woo-hoo! laughs> Yeah, we really showed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kate Flannery, I best. love you so much. I love you too. You're and the best. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time out to to talk Thanks. to us.
2: Thank you so much. And you take care of yourself. I, I to see will. In person. I Double, will triple vac. What about triple? I'm triple vacs.
1: Yeah, I'm triple vacs too. I yeah. might get a, I might get a top off too just Yeah, I you know. know why, right? Yes. Why not? Just keep going back. <laughs> they don't It's CVS. They don't really check. Um, <laughs> why does Andy seem kind of <laughs> Why is why is he leaking liquid out of his arms? <laughs> well, um all right, thank honey. all thank of thank you so out much. there too. Yeah, yeah thank you Kate and thanks for
2: listening and, everybody.
1: And thank all of you out there for listening and we'll be back next week. With three, well, they're the same questions, but more three questions.
0: I've got a big, big love for
1: you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Your Wolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producers, Jen Samples, supervising producer, Aaron Bleyert, and executive producers, Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review the three questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts.
0: Can't you tell my loves are growing? Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile.